We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jerick Robbins. I am your host for this journey of the soul. Uh, today, we are joined by a new friend. His name is Richard McCann. Richard, thank you for joining us. That's a real pleasure, my friend. Now, we're going to start off with the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? It's a fantastic question. I think... I think the world needs more love mm. would be the straight answer, the easy answer. Because we do have a lot of love in the world, but there's lots of work to be done. And there's still a lot of stuff going on out there. It's a big, bad world in many places. And uh, love and forgiveness, maybe, if we could stretch it a bit further. I see. And how do you bring both of those things into the world each day? Each and every, Well, I always try and come from a place of love. Uh, in in the in my family in in the work that I do, but also in just everybody I come across. Like I, I take pleasure. Is that the right word? I take pleasure when I see, let's say the the underdog, the homeless people in the street. I'll sit down, crouch down beside them, get them some food, speak to them for twenty minutes, and you know what? I was in London recently doing the same thing, and I've seen people walking past me, looking down at me, as if I was doing something wrong. As if, like, what's that guy doing talking to a homeless person? And uh, and, and this is what I mean about the, the world uh, could benefit from a bit more love in it. So uh, I just, I guess, wherever I go, trying to come from the right place. Mm, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It was very interesting. I was talking to someone the other day, and they, they're, they're very wealthy financially. And they said, you know what's weird? Yeah. If a friend of mine who I know has a ton of money asked me for $200, I'd give it to him without even thinking. If a homeless person who actually needs it asked me for $200, I, I'd feel very hesitant on doing it. And I remember looking at it, and, and this guy comes from a family that has billions and billions of dollars. And I just scratched my head. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but it, it's true, like you're saying in modern society, when you take time to help someone, if if they're struggling, there's a weird thing where people almost look at you strange or why would you do that? Versus if you're to invest in... Uh, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, people are like, oh, good move, which is giving money to people who already have billions and billions of dollars. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I mean, it is a, it is a go on. I was going to say, I, I think the reason people applaud it is because you can get something in return. But I think the most profound thing people will realize about love is love isn't about what you can get in return. It's about what you share. And there's yeah. something very different that happens when people open up their heart. And like you said, when they come from a place of love and they're just willing to share and you don't have to share money, you might share a little bit of your time. 
And yeah. you know, the older yeah, I've want. gotten, I realize time's more valuable than money. <laughs> Sometimes I'd rather give someone yeah. a few hundred bucks than, than, than stop. But the truth is that stopping that conversation, I remember some of my favorite conversations was a homeless man named Mike who used to live on the grass patch just outside where I used to live on the beach. I used to take him to lunch and just sit and talk with him. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it's beautiful, like you said, to get to know someone's story, to hear them, to allow them to just be seen and understood and appreciated for whoever they are and however they found themselves there. It's not all by choice. Some people make some bad decisions and some people just get caught in a bad, bad place, bad time. You know, we're, we're all a couple of, well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us are a, a couple of paychecks away from being homeless That's right. ourselves. I almost, I, I came days from being homeless. I, 21 years ago, came out of prison. I was about to lose everything. And, you know, I, I reached probably one of the lowest points in my life. And I was going to take my life. Obviously, I didn't. But I did form a suicide pact with my sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I was moments away from not just losing my home and but losing my life and that could quite easily have been me and you know through a couple of miracles that happened you know I didn't lose my house and I didn't lose my life but um but I came very close and and you know that was through a stupid choice of mine I got involved in recreational drugs but you know so was a lot of people and I ended up in prison mm. through I, I mean I, I take responsibility for that what I'm saying is I, I came very close and it could happen to any of us it's so true so true speaking of you and learning more of your story what would you say is your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you, and what are some of the moments that help shape it over the years? Well, I think what's unique about me is is the journey that I've been on, the harrowing things that I experienced, the way that I dealt with it, the way that I almost lost everything, you know. But but essentially, the way that I was able to bounce back from that and uh, and be the person I am today and. I know that most, if not all, of your listeners will probably be unaware of who I am, and but because I know you've got a worldwide audience. But in the UK, um, I, as a five-year-old boy, was subjected to something that you know nobody should ever go through, but some uh, least of all a five-year-old boy. But my mum was murdered when I was five. Mm. My mum was murdered a week before my sixth birthday, and what was I mean? First of all, it's a shocking thing to experience anyway. But what made it even worse was my mother, Wilma McCann, she was the first of 13 women that were killed by this serial killer. And it became this really public affair that everybody was talking about and and something that I was ashamed of. And, it, you know, it absolutely shaped who I was as a young person, lacking in you know confidence and low self-esteem and never able to see any potential within me. And, you know suicidal thoughts as a young boy and so I guess that's what's unique about me of course my siblings went through the same thing but they've not all fared they've not all fared as well as I've done and if I could answer why that is you know I could probably change the world but the, the truth is we all suffered the same thing and and it's just been one hell of a roller coaster of a journey and everybody has got you know yourself as well we've all got that unique journey but what I think's common about us all is Yes, our challenges might be different, but it's still a challenge. It's still a hardship. It's still a setback. And and one thing I believe, and it's what I talk and write about, is that however difficult things get, you know, there is a way back. I didn't always understand that when I came out of prison. I couldn't see a way forward. I couldn't see a way back from that. And so I had to learn some of these things as I've, as I've matured. Hmm. 
Hmm. As I, we all do. I've, I've honestly have a, have a phrase that got stuck in my head years ago, which is people who've been through the hardest times tend to be the most amazing humans if they can find a way to grow from the pain. Um, some people get stuck in the pain and it, it tends to drown out the rest of their life. But when people can find some type of meaning or purpose, they can find some type of cause to fight for, they can find a, a way for it to propel them forward instead of get them stuck in, in you know cement or quicksand. Instead, it becomes their rocket fuel yeah. that boosts them forward in life. And the moment that happens, they, be, they become some of the kindest souls, some of the realest people, some of the rawest people. Mm -hmm because they've felt the depths of pain and they can sit with someone who's going through a tough time and they can say, Hey, I haven't been through your tough time. Like you said, all, not all challenges are the same, but I've certainly been through some tough times <laughs> and I, I know what yeah. that feels like and it sucks. So here, let sure. me, I can't tell you everything's going to be okay or perfect, but I can tell you it'll get better eventually. So let's do this. And, and there's something very special about that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something there. You said when you can find meaning in some of the hardships, some of the setbacks. And I mean, I didn't find the fuel to propel me forward until I became an adult. But as a young boy, and I'm talking about months, weeks after mum was killed, I, I applied this meaning to what had taken place. And it's, it's fascinating when I think about it now as a 49-year-old man, is I told myself that mum had been taken by God away from all the beatings and all the poverty and everything else we were going through. And I told myself that she'd been taken away from all that so that me and my three sisters, that we could have a fresh start with my estranged father and we set up home with him and his new girlfriend. And, and, and that thought process, that finding that meaning in that challenge absolutely helped me deal with what is you know, possibly the worst thing I've ever been through in my life. Well, it is the worst thing I've ever been through, but I've had a couple more that came close as well. Um, but yeah, it's that, it's that, the meaning that I apply to these things that have, have helped me through. And maybe it's that ability to find the meaning that my sisters didn't have and and, and didn't allow them to see through it or see beyond it and, and find a way back. Hmm. And what was that meaning for you? What's the meaning that you've associated it back then? And what's the meaning that you maybe associate as, a, as of now? Well, the meaning, I well, the meaning as crazy as it sounds back then was I, I, I went through it to take my, my mum away from the pain and to give us a different and better life. That was the simple way of looking at it back then. But I do believe now as I've, as I've matured and got to meet a hell of a lot of inspirational and spiritual people along the way is that it's like everything's meant to be. Everything leads, every... Uh, um, Steve Jobs did an incredible presentation years ago about joining the dots. And when I look back and I now as a man and I join the dots and I look at them and it's like, if, for example, my, my mother was not murdered when I was a child, I would have not gone on to have the journey that I have had. And I wouldn't have met my wife when I met her. And I wouldn't have had the children that I've now got. So I know that my children exist. These specific children exist because my mum died in the way that she did. And, you know, when you, when you put that kind of approach and you look at life with those kind of glasses on, it just makes it a whole lot more acceptable. Um, when you look at those setbacks, hmm. those job losses, those divorce, the redundancy, the, the business that never worked out, whatever it may be, it leads you somewhere else as long as you're open to that. Hmm. So powerful. It's so powerful and so true. Here's a question, and it might sound odd because you've shared so many things so far, 
But what's yeah. a moment in your mind that would qualify as a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? That's a really powerful question. I don't know. I can quickly point to any one single moment that makes me feel humble. I felt humble last night. I, I, I spoke, my last presentation of the year was last night, and I spoke in a prison. Bearing in mind, I was in prison myself 21 years ago. I was humbled in the prison last night when some of the inmates sat me down, and because I'd been so open about my journey, started sharing pieces of their journey and what they'd been through, and... You know, it's moments like that that I'm humbled. In the afternoon, so I spoke to places yesterday. In the afternoon, I went to a, um, it was called Catrick Garrison. It's an old, well, it's an army base. But I, and I spoke, this was a bit of giving back. I spoke to a, a group of um, ex-soldiers that were going through some, let's just say some issues and were struggling with life. And they shared their stories with me. But what humbled me is when, they start saying, you know what, I'm going to accept this offer of help that's been given to me because, you know, for a lot of them, they don't want to accept the offers of help and maybe see it as a weakness. But I'm humbled when I hear things from them and that they're now going to accept that, what's been offered to them. So I get it all the time. So I can't pinpoint one single moment where I'm humbled. But I think I've had a moment throughout my entire journey when people share their stories with me. I feel the same way. It, it's amazing when you sit down going back to the beginning and you sit down with someone, whether it's a homeless person, someone who's struggling, or even sometimes people who seemingly are doing great on the outside, and, and you just hear their story. It's very humbling to hear what other people have lived through, have seen, have experienced, have been a part of, um, or have avoided in their life. It's very humbling, very humbling. It's one of my favorite things about this podcast is getting to listen to everyone's story and experience of life. Yeah, yeah. Here's my next nice yeah. question. And the rest of me... Yeah, go. go. What's an awe-inspiring moment you've experienced? The moment that left your jaw on the ground, just in pure state of awe? Well, there's been some, I guess, professional moments that have had me feeling like that. But I think, for me, the first thing that springs to mind is that feeling I had when each of my children were born. I never, you know, I, I mean, I've had a really turbulent life, including many, many failed relationships. I never dreamt for a moment I would ever have children and when my first child was born sky i saw her and it was an, it was just an absolutely magical moment seeing your i guess your own flesh and blood and and you know that was repeated twice for the second and third child that well it's just evidence that we as human beings are, are, are miracles the way that we can create life in the way that we do is just wow that is a wow moment and as a child growing up, I never thought about that. But no, as a parent myself, I really appreciate that. I also really, really, really appreciate how it is, how difficult it is to be a parent. My, I gave my dad a hard time in some of the books that I wrote because he was a bit of a brute. But now that I'm a parent, I can understand how the pressures of, of, of being a parent can affect you, especially if you haven't got that, the wherewithal, the resources, the, the emotional maturity to deal with um, young children which were really problematic children, to say the least. But anyway, so that, that for me is the, the awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping moment, bringing life into the world and, and watching them now grow and develop 
is just beautiful. I was there, there this morning in, in school. My youngest, was, it was her carol service, and uh, it was just fantastic to see her there and to have her see her dad there because my dad never did things like that. But, uh, yeah, beautiful, privileged. Mm, so beautiful. What about your greatest fear? Oh, my greatest fear. Well, I, I guess as a parent, and I don't know if you're a parent yourself, but um, Jarek, but as a parent, I guess one of my biggest fears is, is for them to come to some harm. You know, maybe them waking, or me going to wake them up and they're not there, or, you know, you know. I think because I've experienced some of the the darker side to life, I know that there's bad things that can happen. And I think when that does happen to you as a child, I think sometimes you can um, exaggerate some of the things to be fearful of. So, you know, I really do. I have tried my best to educate my children about what life can be really like out there. Maybe I've gone into too much detail about that, but I want to keep them safe. So I think that, I have to say, was probably my biggest fear. But I think I think second to that would be not feeling secure you know, being brought up in poverty and some of the things I explained earlier, I think one of my highest values is to, you know, be secure, uh, safe, provide for my family. And, you know, as I've explained when I came out of prison, uh, we, we, we live in a very uncertain world and it can change in an instant. So uh, so I guess um, that's also a fear of mine that lingers. And I think that that's what propels me forward to try and succeed in life and succeed in whatever I'm doing, just so that I don't go back to where I was as a child. Mm. Powerful. What are you most excited about for your future? Oh, I'm just well. I think watching my children grow, but I'm I'm excited just to get up every morning and to be able to breathe in the air and walk around. You know, having had so much hardship in the past and knowing how fragile life can be, I'm just happy to be alive. So I, I tell you an interesting thing. My my daughter said to my wife a few weeks ago. She said. Um, when she put her to bed, she said, Mommy, I'm so excited about tomorrow. And my wife said, what's happening tomorrow? She said, I don't know yet. And I think that is Aww. a beautiful place to be. Isn't that beautiful? What a great place to and, live. Positive expectancy of the future every day without even knowing what's going to bring the greatness into your life. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you're in, in a fact, beautiful that, job at fathering and, and parenting together with your with your wife there. Um, the the interesting part is there was a research study done recently. The youth, it's the first time in history where the youth believe that the future is going to be worse than the past because they think we're at a peak of, of how things, how good things can get as a, as a country, world economy, blah, blah, blah. Um, so how beautiful to train a little one to start from so young to know that tomorrow can always be more beautiful than today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, well, I think because of what you've just said there, I think that's why it's so important to educate our young people or anybody we come into contact with, to, for that matter, to be grateful for what we've got, to be grateful for what's happened, for grateful for, uh, or in my case, sometimes grateful for the, for the hardships because they can often equip you with that empathy that you may not have had had you not been through, through those hardships. In fact, just right now, I'm going through some... My, my, my sister, just a few weeks ago, end of October, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. She, she's, she's only got a few months to live, and that's, there's no way back from that, apart from a miracle. And we are grateful that she's alive right now. We can say goodbye. We can you know, enjoy Christmas with her. So, and yeah, I, I guess that mindset, that, that positive outlook, which I had when mum died, I'm needing it right now, and um, it's a great thing to draw upon right now. Hmm. 
Okay. We're going to switch gears to the second segment of the show. We call this the nuts and bolts. This is the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable, immediate advice type section where people can immediately apply what it is that you're sharing with them. So our very first question is, where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Where do I, well, I focus my thoughts on, on the future. And that may be wrong. And a lot of people say you should focus on the right now. I, because of that, that desire to ensure that I'm secure, my family is secure. Yes, I mean, the right now is taking care of itself as far as I'm concerned. But as far as my professional side of life is concerned, I'm focused on the next thing, the next piece of work, the next piece of thing that will give me what I want, which is security. So I guess that was where a lot of my focus is. But I don't go out there desperate for security. I like my daughter. In fact, I I expect it to go well. I expect to have a good year, a good week, a good month. I expect that to happen, and the universe tends to supply it. Mm, powerful, powerful. I, I heard it said. Actually, my dad shared this with me. He says people who are depressed, hopeless, frustrated, upset, lost tend to focus on the past, and specifically on the past, the things they cannot control. Stuff that's already happened that there's nothing they can do about. They folk and that upset them. And when they focus really strong on the past things that they can't control, they tend to feel like crap all day. Uh, he said people who are happy tend to focus right now in this moment, this very heartbeat, this very breath, this very moment. And they feel grateful for it. They just feel grateful that the heart's still ticking. They feel grateful that there's a full breath in their lungs and realize that many people every single day lose that opportunity to have a heartbeat and to have breath in their lungs and to be able to see and feel and touch. And so they're just grateful for this moment right now. And, and people who are, are excited, determined, focused, people who fall into the category of entrepreneurs, they tend to focus on the future and what's possible. <laughs> and that keeps Absolutely. them driven to keep going. <laughs> And, and so those people tend to be excited and passionate. Uh, the ones who are happy tend to just focus on the now, and the ones who are upset, depressed, hurt, fearful, and all that jazz focus on the past and what they can't control. And, and so it sounds like you've done a beautiful job at, like you said, right now it's taken care of. Life's good. You're, great. You're already grateful for the breath in your lungs. You said it earlier. It's one of the first things you said. Um, but, but where your focus now is really on the future and excited to turn that into reality to provide that security for yourself and your family. It's beautiful. Here's a question. Yeah, What's you. a key to your success in all that you do? Well, I, there's many things. I was going to say mindset there. I mean, that is what I speak about. You know, I speak about this I can mindset. But I think one of the keys to my success, if I think about the, the number of successes that I've had, is courage. Mm. I think courage, not to be confused with confidence, when, when, I wrote my book in 2004. That took some guts. I'd lied about my life up until that point. I, I didn't tell anybody about my mother. I, I I came out of prison and I lied to my employer. I did not did not tell him I was going to. I'd been to prison. But in my book, which incidentally came about because my sister stabbed a boyfriend, another setback. But it's it, it it kind of led to me writing that book. That took well. Weeks and weeks of sleepless night. Am I doing the right thing? Is this going to harm my future career prospects? But I found the courage. I actually asked myself, what is the worst 
that could happen. It cannot come anywhere close to losing my mum to a serial killer. That, it just can't happen. So I did it. I What was it? Susan Jeffers wrote a book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I read that book many, many years ago, and I think that's ex- exactly, uh, exactly right. And it's one of the things that's helped me. Going back to my teenage years, despite my lack of confidence, I did enter the public speaking competition at school, and I won that competition. And it took some guts to enter because I had a lack of you know, confidence and the very thought of getting on stage filled me with dread, as it does for many people. But I didn't find the confidence. I found the courage, which means doing it despite feeling uncomfortable. You know what? It's not a coincidence that I did that and I've just done my 2,500 presentation. There's a, co- there's a relationship between finding that courage back then, planting that seed, and letting you know, uh, develop throughout the years and, and be the person I'm today. And it, it, yeah, courage, I think, is the answer to that. Mm, I love it. And so our final question is what's one actionable tip that can help others achieve and experience the kind of success in their life that you've created in yours? Well, obviously we've all got our own journey, our own journey. We've all got our own individual dreams and ambitions. So it's hard to tell or give something that would be relevant to everybody. But I think I'll go back to the answer, my last answer, which is to, to do the scary stuff, to write the book, to leave the job that you can't stand, to set up your own business, to take that leap of faith and find that courage. I think that is the thing that anybody can benefit from, whatever that may be. You know, taking your life, your business, whatever to the next level requires courage, and it's something you can do right now. If it means just going up to – for some people, in fact, yesterday, the audience that I spoke to yesterday, finding the courage would mean leaving the building and just walking down the path. That's how – affected they were by their past so it's, it's obviously courage will mean different things to different people but i think that's the answer i would give mm, that's powerful and i love it i love it it's so applicable in so many areas of life so if people want to know more about the i can mindset if they want to know more about your book if they want to learn more about all that you're up to uh where can they go to find you so my, my website which is richardmccann.co.uk mccann is m double c awn.co.uk so richard r-i-c-h-a-r-d it's then m-c-c-a-n-n dot c-o dot u-k yeah or on twitter i am i can inspire twitter's i can inspire we'll make sure to include all the links in our show notes so go to the show notes click the links go find them online be inspired be connected and and richard thank you again for joining us An absolutely real pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, for everyone tuning in, if you heard something that you know, a family, a friend, a colleague, someone needs to hear, uh, we believe that sharing is caring and we love people who share. So make sure to share it with someone you care about today. Uh, And I look very much forward to seeing you all next episode. 